Faces are darling dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your faces in your seduction Your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. Today, I invite the Minnesota misanthrope to have a hearty discussion about determinism and free will and where we ought to park our beliefs based on the information that we have thus far. Now, I dive in into the deep end sort of here, and I would understand if there was some confusion by you, the audience, because I got some confusion from my co-host. But I think by the end of the episode, you'll understand what I'm trying to say and why I'm trying to say it. Now, if you do have questions still about what free will is and what determinism is... I highly recommend that you look up these topics and then revisit this podcast so you can see what it is that I'm trying to do. This represents uh, one of my first attempts at having a real long-form discussion about one particular topic and have a real in-depth deep dive. Now, I've done this in other episodes, uh, specifically the one about gay rights. Uh, I believe that's episode three uh, of season one. Um, it's an ongoing process. It's an it's an ongoing quest of mine to to engage in topics at a high level and and to really focus in on the point, the the finer points. Um, I've described uh, series that I'm going to be doing in season three of Ear Seduction in the past, in past episodes where uh, one of the series is called Nuanced. And that's a series where I'm going to be doing this type of podcast, where I'm going to be deep diving into, into topics and trying to figure out all the different details, taking it from different angles. There's also going to be a series that I refer to in the retrospective at the end of this podcast, where I've called it uh, casting a wider net, where I bring topics out into the world, hoping that I get some engagement. I cast a wider net in, in order to capture more social interaction. I recognize my limitations, and I think this podcast highlights my personal limitations, my social limitations, that the folks that I that I surround myself with, although great people, and there's definitely, I'm, I'm very glad to have the friends that I do have, but I definitely need more friends. I definitely need more influences in my life. And I need to get to understand and know new people and different people. Now, in the second season of Ear Seduction, you will get introduced to a much wider variety of people because I recognize that as an issue right away. It's not going to be in the segment I will later refer to in season three as casting a wider net, but I do try to resolve this in season two. So do stay tuned for that. I even delve into a little bit of journalism in season two, when I go to the Flat Earth Convention and interview a multitude of folks. That one, I hope everybody listens to, because that was a really fun episode to make. And it's actually quite a few episodes, but that was really fun. Anyway, without further ado, I bring you Determinism versus Free Will in this episode of Ear Seduction. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Welcome my co-host, Mr. Monocane himself, Minnesota's own, the Midwest misanthrope. I wanted to uh, touch base with you on something we talked about a while ago um, and and see like kind of what you're, I wanted to sort of spot off a little bit and then see what you think 
cool. Let's hear it. So we haven't talked. When was the last time we talked about free will? I don't think we've talked about it in a while. God damn. I have no idea. Okay. So I know you and I have had um, at least mild free will discussions. Um, but I've been, I've been thinking about it lately. And, um, so there's, there's two sides, right? There's the deterministic side, meaning that essentially every cause has an effect and all the effects that we see have a cause. So if you take cause effect, you know, cause effect, cause effect, cause effect, trace it back all the way, you know, let's say a hundred years ago, things happened back then that have determined the outcome today. So that's like the, the secret of determinism. There's like a subsect of that that says predeterminism or will say um, that for some reason, if cause and effect and determinism is true, that we don't actually have um, like control. Like if, if everything's already set in stone based on things that happened prior, um, then somehow we don't have control over ourselves or, or we're sort of like robots being programmed. And I'm just laying out sort of the playing field right now. So that's kind of like where that side is, right? Yeah, I appreciate that. And then there's the there's the free will side, and it has a much broader stance. Um, at least this is this is based on my limited understanding of both sides, but this is kind of where I've focused my attention. Um, but free will side has a much broader stance. Anywhere from like, I mean, I, I don't think there's any free will people that believe that you could, for instance, like regenerate a lost arm or fly without the aid of technology or even with squirrel suit technology, but like, I, I don't think that they go that far. I've never heard of anybody actually taking that perspective. But it's not far from that in the sense that they think that you can determine your future based on your actions. So, well, and they think that you can will your future. So, so like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go out today and I'm going to take my first step to making a million dollars. Like, they think along those lines. And there's some validity to that, right? And then... Are you talking... Like, Go ahead, sorry. Kind of like as an example, like uh, Oprah Winfrey's The Secret? Yeah, that's part of it. Um, that's wish thinking taken to sort of a, uh, yeah, it, it, it's trying to add a free will element to wish thinking. So it's like if I go out and and I'm nice to people, then other people will be nice to me. Right. Um, clearly false, but but along the same lines, it's, I think I think the secret tries to add a free will component. I think I think what free will is the way that it's different from that example, but it is similar. But the way that it's different is is that, for instance, free people that believe in free will often blame people for not achieving. So so you have a person who you know just a regular person, just like everybody does what they do and you know they don't get to be rich enough to get below above the poverty line for instance and they're they're just in poverty that's that's the way their life turns out is they're they're either born in poverty or they became impoverished at some point and so a free will crowd will say you know they have the ability to get themselves out of poverty or like they have the ability to get themselves out of the situation that they're in they can will their way out of it they can choose to do something they can choose to to um to not be poor or or you know what i mean like you can actually choose to be rich is is one thing that they that they propose or it seems that way 
in their argument. The way that they describe free will and the way that they use it against other people, it sounds like you should be able to pick your path in life from will. They're they're creating a biased conclusion to uh, a scenario that they've created. Yeah, it's almost a hindsight bias. They say they use determinism to say every effect has a cause. And so they're saying if if you go out and purposefully do things, if you cause things to happen, it will have the the desired effect. In other words, they also think to some degree that they can read the future, that they can know what you could actually do to then become rich. Right. You know, so according to them, all all you had to do to be the next Google was go out and figure out a search engine. Never mind there were like 150 other search engines that were mainstream and probably thousands more that weren't. So was it, you know, was it was it Google's founder that willed that to be successful or was it just chance, right? I mean, that's 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 kind of where that free that free will argument sort of settled. Okay. So that's one stripe of free will. They actually think that you can sort of in some way see the future. They also think that you can somehow know what to cause to get the desired effect. Um, and it doesn't have a lot to do, well, a lot of your place in life and where you are in life, a large portion of that, a high percentage of that uh, is because of free will or is because you didn't have the will to change it or, or it's in some way a, a fault of your will. Yeah. Okay. So. That's the one side of free will, right? There's sort of this other stripe of free will, which rather argues that free will is more something useful. And the use is to hold people accountable for moral reasons. So in other words, we have to say that people have free will in order to blame them for the things that they do because they're agents. They're people that make decisions and those decisions have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable for those decisions. And and so they're describing free will in order to say, now, it was your choice to do this thing or to not do this thing, and you chose the wrong thing, so now we're going to put you in jail or whatever, right? So there's this, this other stripe of free, free will advocates that claim that it is a moral sort of necessity or that it's a, yeah, a moral necessity in order to tr- really have any teeth when you, when you single somebody out of our, our community and put them in jail you have to at least entertain this idea of free will. In other words, that they could do things differently in the past or or that they had some kind of choice in the matter. So does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. There are compatibilists that try to marry the two. And I think the thing that I was was thinking about last night that sort of sparked me wanting to talk to you about this is that it seems to me that they have – that they're trying to classify or trying to couple two things that don't couple together. So they're they're trying to add some teeth, and and I'm 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 kind of focusing on the um on the I'm I'm going to critique the free will side that that claims we need free will for moral reasons because I think that's the most defensible position. I think anybody that thinks that you can create your own future has to answer for things like cancer, random chance inspiration, um, you know, just who's to say why somebody gives you an opportunity that leads to you becoming rich? Who's to, you know what I mean? Like, how how do we decide how that person chose to pick you or whatever, right? Like that, to me, is a very good example of random chance. And for the people that believe that you can make your own future just by will 
or that you have some responsibility for being poor because you're just not trying hard enough, that is that seems to me an indefensible position. It's you can throw it out just because. And and I, I mean I'm not just saying just because, but to try to get to the the meat of what I want to talk about, I think we can throw that good that free will example out altogether as being not just immoral but just baseless. There's nothing there's no reason to think that poor people aren't trying hard enough. <laughs> And there's no reason to think that, you know, the the CEO of Google willed their way into their position. A lot of things had to happen, many of them random, that would have to be accounted for. And so we can't just say that they willed their way there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, but, okay, so to, to now go back to, real quick, the deterministic side, I don't think that people that are on the free will side, I don't think that they can even begin to talk about the topic without using determinism. So they talk about cause and effect. They talk about you have to actually want it. You have to invest your time. You have to invest your your energy. You have to, you know, whatever, like, like you were saying, in order to be successful. That is, by definition, cause and effect, right, which is, by definition, determinism. Things are caused. Effects happened, right? And it, it, it's a cycle. And if you could trace it all back, maybe we'd be able to tell the future somehow. Maybe. But I think we have a huge hindsight bias there. But but anyway, I'm just I'm pointing out the fact that even to talk about free will, you have to be deterministic in some sense. You have to recognize the the link between cause and effect. Um, predeterminism, predeterminism, I think you can throw out immediately because it suggests that it's all predetermined, first of all, uh, which determinism does not. It implies that, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, it, it, determinism uses the hindsight bias to its advantage, right? I mean, in hindsight, we're able to say, oh, well, this happened and that happened and this happened and then that happened, but we can't actually account for why certain things happen, especially like, and I'm going to argue this in a minute, inspiration. But, the the predeterminist says that it's all set in stone, almost like there was an author that authored it all out, and we don't have the ability to change our futures, or we don't. There is no way for our future to go in any one direction or another, or to change direction. And I think you can throw that out because it takes away the the possibility of randomness. And I just don't think that that is conclusively demonstrated to not be a part of our scenario. Most and the, my favorite example is 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 genetics, right? Most people that recognize evolution and the evolutionary process and genetics and, and, and dabble in that, in that sphere of knowledge, like scientists and such, would say that if you, if you rolled back time and to a specific place in, in, in our history and then played it through again, that there's absolutely no guarantee that it would play out the same. And, and so the, you know, you could go back 135 million years from now, stop and then play it back, and there's no guarantee that humans would evolve. And this is really, uh, this really to me demonstrates the randomness of, 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 you know, our, our actual position and, and our, our reality. And so therefore, as we, when we talk about it, we have to be able to inject randomness. And so you can get rid of the predeterminists altogether because it's just too strict. If it doesn't account for any randomness, then it shouldn't be, it sh you know, it shouldn't even be uh, on the table for discussion. So that leads this marry, this marrying uh, attempt by compatibilists to try to marry determinism, which is this cause-effect notion, right, with something that we can point to and say, well, you must have some kind of free will, right, the will to do what you will, <laughs> 
uh, in order for there to be morality or in order for there to be any sense of morality or ethics. And so that's what I'm going to try to attack because I think the fact that people are trying to com- to compare these two and, and, and put them together in sort of a free will sandwich, I think it's mistaken because they're, they're arguing for essentially the utility of the idea of free will, saying that if we assume that you are, you know, free to do what you want, and I think the example is, or the classic example is duress, right? If you do something under duress, it's not of your own free will. Anything you do that isn't under duress is an example of free will. So, like, if you and I are in a room or, or whatever and somebody walks in and takes you out of the room, you're, you probably didn't do that under your own free will. You did it under duress. I stayed in the room. I stayed in there under my own free will. Does that make sense? Yeah, I follow. I'm with you. That's sort of this weird sideways definition of free will that I hear right now by compatibilists. And it's really just a way to show that that if you do something wrong, we can hold you accountable. But I think they're just I think they're just mixing up categories and now I'll get to the point. It seems to me that we don't have the option to discard uh <clears throat> determinism. We see it's deterministic uh observation observations and deterministic thinking is really like the cornerstone of most scientific thought. So causes affect things, affects cause other things, causes affect things, you know, affects cause other things. But the real problem, so that's for sure true, right? The real problem that the compatibilists have is they need to pin morality on something, an agent. They need to say, okay, this person is immoral. We need to put them in jail. But I don't see the need to be able to call somebody immoral or to to pin their, their decision-making on them. What's that? You're... It's it's it just kind of sounds like you're going down the thought of it's not about morality it's about something else. Well, yeah, they're they're trying to use morality to link the two concepts together, free will and determinism, right? And they're saying that if we don't have free will, then we can't really call somebody immoral because morality implies that you had to choose to be that way. You had to choose to kill somebody, and that was an immoral choice, right? And to me, that doesn't make any sense. It it seems to me pretty obvious that either you're the type of person that would kill somebody or you're not the type of person that would kill somebody or you're the type of person that would only kill somebody in very specific situations, right? I don't I don't see the benefit of the what is it uh, compartmentalizing or like grouping mm-hmm. scenarios that situations I <sighs> I'll keep going with you. I just, I, I don't see the benefit on saying it's going to be a determinist or what's the other one? Um, uh, free will. Free will. I don't, I don't see the benefit of being like, this is, this is the way it is across the board, one way or the other, and then breaking it down into sections. I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, it's all in one way or all in the other. I just, because, the perspective is coming from self, and it will always be biased because of it. So you could have somebody who had to kill somebody out of fear, and they used logic, and it was almost a survival mentality. And then you might have somebody who looks at somebody and killed someone out of viewing them of having no value in life. Right. These are all. These are both two 
separate starting points to right. where deciding one side or the other with free will or determinists, I mean, they wouldn't hold water on each side, each position of determinists or free will, in my opinion. That's just my thought. Well, and and that may there, that may be something we could explore. That sounds like a, a a specific thought experiment to try and ferret out, like, okay, so what do we mean when we say free will, and how does determinism affect those two different scenarios, right? Yeah, I mean, you have, you have to have, like, a, and just, I'm just throwing that out there. It's like, that's the difficulty in committing to one side or the other, a free will or determinist, is that it's not really acknowledging, um, you're only confirming your biases in order to choose one side or the other. Well, let's, let's, let's take, let's go back real quick. Let's zoom out to, like, the 10,000 foot view, because that's, that's where I'm trying to, that's where I'm, that's what I'm speaking to right now is, is more of a, a overview of all the, uh, of just the two ideologies, but what you're, what it sounds like you're talking about, and I, I mean, I, I definitely want to talk about this, but it sounds like what you're talking about is getting more particular, and 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 sort of applying these concepts. And you're saying essentially, if I, if I understand you, that applying these concepts to any one situation is going to have a bias inherent to it. And so, what's the point in like breaking it up when you know there's going to be a bias? Well, I guess. I'm not saying breaking it up. I'm just saying it's a tough sell to commit all in one side and or all in the other side. Right, yeah. And I don't know that I'm I'm proposing that we commit all to one side or the other side. In fact, I'm saying there shouldn't be sides. I think this is a this right. is a classification problem. I wasn't I wasn't saying that you were. I just hope that that, that comes clear, man. I was, I was just uh, reacting to what you're saying. I, I didn't think that you were trying to push one side or the other. Oh, no, no. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I'm kind of confused by why people want to pick one side or the other because to me the most important thing or not maybe not the most important thing but one of the most important things that a society can do is identify the people that aren't fit to live in society so if if let's say you know murder is one of the things that we have decided if you commit murder you're not allowed to live in our society right you go to jail this seems to me like a, a classification issue right so they're trying to marry two things that don't need to be married. First of all, we don't need to blame somebody for their actions in order to take the moral position of we don't want murderers in society, right? That's a moral position. We think murder is bad. We don't want murderers living amongst us. Therefore, any murderers that commit a murder will have identified themselves as the type of people we don't want in society. And so our justification is to, for putting them in jail is that they murdered. Whether or not they murdered under their own quote-unquote free will doesn't seem to be all that useful. Now, it would make perfect sense if you said, well, they did it under duress, right? So they were forced to murder. Well, then you know that you're, you've got the wrong guy. The actual murderer was the person that forced them to murder in some way, shape, or form. So it just, it, by, by just focusing on the person that actually committed the action, you still say, okay, well, we don't want people that murder in society, so we put them in jail, and that's, that's our justification. It doesn't matter whether they did it under, like I said, under their own quote-unquote free will. So this whole link to requiring free will in order to hold somebody accountable for the immorality of their actions seems to me to be moot. I don't understand why we need that link. To me, it's, it's like a, it's, it sort of highlights itself in statistics. There's a certain percentage of people that are going to be murderers. 
We just need to identify who they are and put them in jail. Why does free will have to have anything to do with that? I think like, it's just, whether they want to murder or whether they don't want to murder. Well, does it come down to in their interpretation of, all right, when I say they, I guess the murderer's interpretation of justification of the murder? Well, there is no justification for murder. Well, it's, I mean, it's the unlawful killing it, of it, another person. Yeah, to where the murder, so what? It's, it's a predetermined, right? So let's say let's say you have a. Do you mean do you mean that they they what's, what's the word for it? Not predetermined that they that they thought about it well before actually committing the crime. I can't remember what it's called, but not predetermined. No, I'm well. Okay, fair enough. But that's what you mean, right? Yeah. So let's say that okay. there's yeah. Let's say that there's a woman who's being abused domestic violence situation, and she's being physically abused over and over and over, and then finally she's like, "Yeah, I uh." I killed him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then you have a domestic situation where the woman's like, yeah, well, he said some threatening things to me. Mm-hmm. Like, Were you ever in physical harm? Nobody said some things. Right. So I killed him. And then you have a situation where the woman kills in domestic violence where she's just like, well, he was, uh, we had a kid together and he was cheating on me. Sure. You know what I mean? So these are three completely different scenarios. Right. However, I can I can lean towards one side. Well, one's not murder, though, just to be clear. Yeah, one's like self defense, right? Yeah, yeah, then, which is which it, is not murder. Somebody somebody can say to the court, well, why did she just break up and move away? Well, right, but that's irrelevant because it, it was in self defense. So right. I'm assuming that the story is true, right, and that it's not just made up. I mean. Right. I'm assuming that she actually... That's what we have to go off of, because we're not in that... We didn't experience it firsthand. So all these things are all stories. Well, Right, but let's not get muddied in the water. I'm just saying that you said that she killed in self-defense, so that's not murder. So we can throw that one out automatically. Right, but I'm saying that the the idea of doubt in determining these things is, is a real thing, because there's also, like you said, you're assuming that it's legit... And there has been things in the past that show a manipulation of the system, which makes it difficult to commit to one side or the other. But you also, at the same time, the paradox is that you have to acknowledge both sides of determinist and uh, free will. And just you can't separate the whole idea of being like neither one of them are legit because at the same time, both of them are legit as well. It's like a paradox in my opinion. Well, right, but that's what I'm saying is, is first, so from my perspective, determinism is not um, in question. It's true. I don't know any, I don't know how you would ever argue that determinism isn't true on some level, that things that happen have a reason for them happening. Every effect has a cause. And then free will? Well, and see, the free will notion of it is is where the the water gets muddy. There is no, I, I don't really think there is a free will, and I don't even think we need free will. I don't think that, first of all, I don't think it exists because I just, where where does it exist? How does it exist? And what's, what's the example that can't be undermined by determinism or by chance determinism. or by uh, something Determin- else that undermines free will? Determinism just kind of seems like it, it goes against the whole idea of outliers in life, you know, it's like, um, 
Well, determinism doesn't doesn't account for outliers. It accounts for what happens. I mean, well, it accounts for outliers, but determinism isn't a statistical framework, so it doesn't have outliers. Do you know what I mean? Like, determinism is just a methodology for determining how something happens through cause and effect and tracing back cause and effect. So it right. doesn't have any statistical probability. It just is. Yeah, but there, I, I mean, it's a broad stroke, though. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I just... I feel like you can commit to one side or the other without putting yourself in a position of, you know, if you, both sides are flawed, but yet both sides you. So what's the flaw in determinism? What's that? What's the flaw in determinism? Well, it's, it's a biased projection that everything is following these guidelines. In what, in what way? Can you be more specific? Like, can you use an example or something that would be specific? Well, I thought I just kind of did with the three examples of the domestic violence situation. Like, in domestic violence, there's okay. different variables that can occur within the topic of domestic violence. So all determinism would do in a domestic violence situation is give us, okay, so, for instance, so you said that she murdered him because he said something to her, right? That was one of the situations? That was one of them, yeah. Okay, so... She murdered him is a is a effect, right? So determinism would just say, okay, so we trace that back to the thing that he said right before she murdered him, and maybe he called her a cunt. So the cause of her pulling the trigger is a reaction to the word cunt. And 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 you just keep tracing it back, 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 all the way to and you know, she said I do, and then they got married. <laughs> right? Like like you can trace back the series of events to show that this is how it happened. That's all determinism is. Right. But that's not saying that, you know, for us, I, I, I'm not saying, like, I'm just, all right, for me personally, I'll look at it as, that doesn't make any fucking sense, right? But there might be somebody else who lived their life who goes, you don't know the harm that can come from words. And they had a completely different experience. Okay, so now you're talking about something else, though. That's not determinism. But that's... They're, they, that perspective is including that, though. You know what I mean? Because they've had that experience. So yeah. Determinism is bias, as well as the whole idea of free will is bias. Well, you can, you can, you can bias determinism if you think that the exact same, for instance, for the example that we have, that the exact same word would cause the exact same reaction in everybody because it happened to you. Or as you said it, you said, well, that sounds crazy because, and I'm assuming by the, the, the tone of your argument that you're thinking that the person use, utilizing determinism is going to be biased, but that's only if they called somebody a cunt and they didn't get shot. And they expect that that would apply to everybody. That That's just, I could see a bias there, but that's not using determinism. Determinism is using, is saying, okay, well, in that situation, you called somebody a cunt and you didn't get shot. In this situation, he called her a cunt and she shot him. Does that make sense? Like, it, it doesn't have any, no, I, I, this, I, I, is, I, this I, is part I, of the category problem that I think that that happens. Like, it's, it's the interpretation. You don't look to determinism to get what should have happened or what could have happened. There's no bias because you tra you trace every cause and effect independently of each other. That's no, how you eliminate the bias. I just I it's impossible to separate in taking one side or the other because you're basically you're 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 stating your position and although one is more logical to you 
the unfortunate thing is that somebody else might be taking a position where it might be more logical to go the the way of the opposite. So option A is determinism. You trace it back. It's completely logical. And then yeah. we'll use free will. And then the environment, though, is different. Like the outcome is the same, but the experience is different. They're both acknowledging a biased perspective. And that's kind of the, that's the issue when it comes to the court system and racial discrimination is that there is a bias that's going on when it comes to the drug. And although there's some type of, there is a strong validity to that, at the same time, you can't take somebody from one and think that even though it's the same crime, it's the same outcome in another city because the environments are different. Okay. that's why I'm saying that the universal broad stroke, it's difficult to, to get behind one side or the other because both sides are going to be validated. Well, and so we validated that determinism is true, though, right? You, you, I'm not sure exactly what you're getting at, so I'm going to start kind of there and just see what, where it takes us. Do you, do you at least, do you acknowledge that determinism is true, that you can determine, especially in hindsight, how something happens by what caused it? Like you can trace that back? Sure. So yeah. like the reason why we know, you know, cancer grows the way it does is because we've looked at it in different stages and we've watched it grow. So this thing causes this thing to happen, which it has the effect of, you know, generating a tumor which causes this thing to happen, which has the effect of killing the person that has the tumor and so on. Like, do you know oh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, so determinism is, it, that's all determinism is. Yeah. And it, the, so the, I think, I think what I'm trying to really spotlight is this idea that you need free will in order to maintain a co, like a cohesive or some kind of, of, a, a, What's the word I'm looking for? It, a Mark. useful or maybe, yeah, like a, a, a complete sense of morality, but also a usefulness of, of morality. Yeah. So, and the example is always like, is, is always the, you know, well, how do we justify putting somebody in prison if they're not accountable for what they did because of determinism? Because, you know, one, right. one could, one could argue from a determinist perspective, that they didn't create their brain, it's probably a problem in their brain, you know, they are a sociopath or a psychopath or whatever, and they didn't make that the case. So, I mean, you could use a really, really easy example, like, like when homosexuality was against the law, people would blame homosexuals for being homosexuals, and it's like, well, it's not their, that's not their, um, that's not their fault. They're homosexual. That's just the way they are. Right. 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 And, and then, then there's those who are like, you know, maybe put a cock in their mouth, and then they're just like, oh, apparently I'm not gay. But then you go and uh, you put a cock, and they're going, actually, I just wanted to give it a shot. I'm not actually gay. But then you're going ahead, you're telling, right? You're you're determining that they're gay, right? But sure. They're telling you, no, it was like free will. I wanted to try it, but I'm not gay, right? Yes, that. And, and I, I, think, I think I see where you're going with that now. That I, makes that clarifies. I just don't know how that. Well, both. I, I, I'm fits to, in. You know what I mean? I'm kind of with you. I think. I think I'm with you on the same page. Where it's like they, they both kind of have to. They both have their place. 
Like, but, the, but determinism doesn't say that you're gay just because you put a dick in your mouth. How does determinism not say that you're gay if you put a dick in your mouth? Because determinism doesn't make a call about what is essentially what's happening, like, I guess, what's the way to put this? Dicks in the mouth, man. You're determining it based on the... No, no, that, it's, that's making a, that's like qualifying a person based on their actions that you with, without taking into account the person in themselves. Right. So if, that's determinist, yeah. Well, no, I, I think there's this, there's, Maybe maybe that's an aspect of the determinism that I hadn't thought of before, and so I'm glad you're you're calling this out. But I'm not sure that it that it really applies. Like if if you don't okay, let me say this: if you were to use determinism in that way, I think you would be misusing it. I think it I don't think it makes sense in that context. Like calling somebody gay really has no moral implication at all. So determining. No, no. Determining yeah. whether they're gay or not, doesn't, there's no point to it. It doesn't really matter. You could say that they're gay, and you could say, hey, I think you're gay. You were just sucking on somebody's dick. And they would say, no, I'm not gay. I was just curious what that was like. I, you know, I, I didn't really care for it. Then you'd say, oh, okay, I, then you're not gay. I mean, and then it would matter what they did after that. So if they never sucked a dick a day in their life after that, but all they did was, you know, have sex with women or, or obviously be interested in women, then you would determine that he sucked a dick once and then you determine that he went on to not be a homosexual or, you know, to have all sex, but the, but the sexual event, preferences. The event defines it, though. I, I guess that's... That's, uh, no, and that's that's the point I'm making is is, is I think that it's, it doesn't define it like that. That would be a no, uh, no, no. The, the event is the the catalyst of definition as to whether or not something is free will or be you know or determination. It's it's the event. You you have to have an event to yeah. go off of. And yeah, you're right. There's a starting point to where you start to trace back history from that point. Ex exactly. And right. Then there's the then there's the option though uh, of either being uh, it's it's either determinist or else it's free will off of the events. There's some some events are easier to define, but the issue is I'm just going back to is I think that defining it the flaw is is that it's going to be biased in some situations. I just don't know how to measure it. But why? Well, like I like, said, dude, I don't think it's either or. No, I don't think you're saying that either. I, I don't. Okay, I'm not sure why you're making that point. Cause I'm not sure who's who's making that point then, because I'm not making that point. Well, I'll just I'll just going off of my thought of interacting in the discussion and oh yeah, what I was you know what I was experiencing and just being like oh well I'm experiencing this though when it comes to this event and what about this as an example and. Hence the podcast that we're on. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying it's either or. I, I'm saying that determinism, it seems very, it, it seems impossible not to at least utilize determinism in making those types of decisions. So let's say, let's make it something moral, because an immoral, I used it as an example to highlight a specific point, but... Um, in a moral example, let's say of murder, you're right. You have an event, and you have to start from that event, and then you have to trace back the the events that led to that event, the causes that led to that effect, right? And so you have to utilize determinism as a tool. But that's what, that's all I think determinism really is. Is it has to be acknowledged that we we do see cause and effect in the world, 
and there's a direct link and we can make that we can we can demonstrate those direct links and so there's there shouldn't like this it's not one or the other in my position in what i'm saying determinism is a fact and we have to take it into account but now how do we account for the morality of an of an action so what taking it back to a moral action like murder or an immoral action but a, you know a moral question how do we account for the morality of it? Because determinism doesn't really give us that morality. In fact, it, it, uh, in this sense, to some people anyway, it sort of undermines what they're calling morality. And, and that's what I'm trying to, to call into question. Like, if determinism undermines morality in some way, then how do we account for it? Or if it doesn't account for morality in some way, which, which I'm arguing it doesn't, then, then how do we account for it? And the, the opposite, the the other side of the argument who actually do identify as determinists claim that it's free will that accounts for morality. And I'm not seeing the connection because an immoral thing can happen whether you have, whether you are inspired to do it yourself or whether it's done under duress. If somebody forces you to do something, you can do something immoral, or whether you can account for it under your own accord. In, in other words, you inspired, you were inspired to commit this this act. You became infected with the idea, and I'm just not like I'm trying to build that bridge. I'm trying to figure out so what do how do we account for it? Because I don't see any free will in either of those descriptors. Clearly, not under duress are you under your own free will, and then clearly. If you've been inspired and you have the kind of brain that gets infected with ideas, and especially bad ones like a psychopath, and I use that as a clear example because it sounds clear to me, like psychopaths don't have normal functioning brains. They get inspired to kill people, and they think that's actually uh, what they should do, and then they do it. So where where does the will in that, Where does how does the will to not be a psychopath, where is that? Where does that live? How does that exist? I mean, I think that that's, that's extreme side of the spectrum, but I mean, can, can I, can I, but I use it, I use it just to, just to generate a clear line in the sand so we can, if free will exists, it has to exist for a psychopath too, right? It isn't just for some people and not for others. I just, you're my heterosexual life partner. <laughs> yeah. You know each other for quite some time and we've walked hand in hand and done windy walks and, <laughs> and yeah. I just, it, because of this, I'm trying to, it's tough to feel like I'm truly understanding this, this talk because here's the thing, man. This, this talk is, it, it's awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm grasping exactly where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I, I hear the, I hear the positions. Uh -huh. And I'm just not, it feels like I'm missing something as far as what inspired this topic, uh -huh. what event, and how it stem from there, because I just, I could be wrong here, maybe this is something beyond me, but to, to start diving into this topic without having any type of, you know, starting point, but just acknowledging the topic, which could be happening right now, it, it just, it seems like I'm missing something. Like where, where, where were the roots established? Uh, what, what inspired this topic to come about? What was the event or events or maybe there wasn't? Was there, was there an event, Paul, <laughs> that you came across yeah. that inspired this topic? Uh, not like specifically today. I was just thinking about it again because I've been thinking about it on and off for about two years, two and a half years. 
I think the the thing that sparked this is I I was look I was essentially interested in morality and what the current debate is about morality and how how I wanted to know more about ra- uh, morality in the sense that I wanted to be more moral myself and I was recognizing that a lot of the answers to moral questions didn't seem to come from a place of any understanding it was just sort of like either by fiat or just because and so it was like all right well well i i wanted to know more so i started getting into it and when you get into the moral discussions free will comes into the realm very easily because of you know things like capital punishment and things like jail and um accountability and um and then Free will is essentially uh, the idea of it is rooted in in religiosity, and if you're going to talk about morality, you at least have to acknowledge religiosity because they're claiming a moral superiority in the in the argument. So anytime you look up who are the moral philosophers of such and such century, there's always a few religious ones, quite a few. So you have to engage on that level, and free will is essentially a making of from that side. And it just sort of went from there. And then it was like, oh, well, what do scholars say about free will? And that's how I got, like, interested in this is the argument that I'm discussing is much more, it's more academic and more scholarly than, than like, your typical, I'm not talking about Christian free will or I'm not even talking about religion at all. But if it had a root, I'd say that the beginnings of the discussion are probably there. Does that answer your question? <laughs> or were you looking for, like, this happened to me yesterday? And now I want to talk about free will. Are you on mute? Hey, hey. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, that's cool. I was on mute. Uh, I thought so. Yeah. I uh, I honestly... Uh, here's where I'm coming from. Uh-huh. In a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> uh, there's the... Uh, there's the dark side. And there's, all right. You okay. kind of approach this, in my opinion, as uh, Bobo Fett. Uh, here's the topic. Terminus, free will. Mm-hmm. Like you, uh, like you framed it, like you just said, um, it, it just it provides that perspective where you're interested in the topic and you're you're exploring it, and uh, provides a lot more, you know, perspective. Because I honestly, within the topic, I didn't think that there was an event um, that happened to you recently, but just the fact that you're exploring these topics, I can't help but feel like the topics weren't coming from the same perspective that you're coming from because, you know, for obvious reasons, uh, the information wasn't there prior to, and it's just kind of, it, it, it helps to understand the, uh, the exploration piece of it as far as where you're coming, you know, where we're going on this road. It, it's good. Man. I, uh, I just well, want to ask you the question. You know, because yeah, yeah. When, because I knew that it wasn't because you were at the supermarket yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, uh, no, it wasn't because of that. <laughs> no, no, it was. It was clearly because you've been you've been uh, reading some shit, and uh, it's not like you just like saw something yesterday and wanted to talk about it. It's something that you were you've been exploring for quite some time. So, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think also too another another twist on the answer to your question is just that I this is something that's used to describe who we are as people, you know, that we have free will, that we have this ability as who as part of who we are. It's it's one of our abilities. It's like we're able to see, we're able to have free will, we're able to hear. It's it's almost like a another sense. Um or at least it's it's sort of put out that way. And so I was that's 
another reason why I became very interested in it because I wanted to investigate that. I wanted to see what investigating the senses and how they can be fooled and how they can be enhanced and and all that is very interesting to me. Dude, it's shitty. And uh, I don't have that drive at all. So yeah, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, and it's it's one of those things where it's like. Um, just to touch back on the topic for a second, or I mean, you know, back into like the meat of it or whatever. We don't have to touch back for a second yet. <laughs> keep on for a while, messages. I'm just saying, it's um the kind of thing where it's like once you get into it, it starts to open up a lot of avenues of understanding or modes of thought or conversations or arguments that you didn't even know people were having and you get you sort of get sucked into it in a sense that you it's possible anyway it doesn't happen to everybody but it's possible that you'll want to you'll want to say something about it you know it's possible that you'll have something to contribute because it's a lot of this is sort of on the frontier of of what people think and there's a lot of open discussion about what's actually happening and there's a lot of people listening and a lot of people paying attention you know what i mean like maybe not as many people is is paying attention to you know the news or whatever people will do but you know what i mean like there's a lot to be there's a lot going back and forth about this it's it's um if you uh, commit yourself to one source of uh disbursement of information, it could most likely be leaning towards one side of the spectrum and then you think that that's just the, the way things are. And right. for the other side of it, very easy to demonize it rather than digest it, take it in, especially if you've only been informed, you know, by original information. So instead of uh, committing 100% on, uh, you know, basically uh, a determinist or what's the, uh, what's the other side again? Just free will. Free will. You, if you don't look into both sides, you don't know if how that information is getting to you. So you're not you're not aware of how you're being influenced. Is that right? Right, yeah. Well, and if you don't know what the history of it is, you don't know where it came from. So I'm a big proponent that if you have a false premise, there's really no telling how wrong you can be. I mean, there's just no limit to how ridiculous and obscene your position can can go if you base it on a false premise. And so in understanding the underpinnings of each side is I think really important and both you know both both sides come from two very different uh foundations one comes from religion one comes from science so it's very it it's uh it's very dubious but one thing science I think has finally done is they're now able to account for the morality so from a from like oh, a yeah 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 uh science has become skepticism I, 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 we say skepticism is based on science. Yeah, uh, you could actually say both. <laughs> you could say them both ways. You could say skepticism is based on science and science is based on skepticism. It's yeah. a circular. I think, um, there's been, uh, 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 it's been, it's growing towards becoming much more accepting, uh, to, um, you know, what is fate? People believe fate. Uh, what's the other side of determinist? Uh, free will. Yeah. 
science has become much more accepting to entertain the idea of the discussion of free will than what it has been in the past. Not saying that everybody who is a determinist is of the same sound of mind, but I think that's been the evolution where it's kind of like, all right, well, in order to be an effective communicator, you believe that there's ghosts, okay? So let's uh, let's look into that. Right. How do you measure it? How's it going? You know, yeah. much more accepting um, in a lot of different ways, which is just not acknowledged, but there are signs to where clearly somebody who's a full-on skeptic doesn't even entertain the of uh, free will. But I think a lot of people who are determinists in today's day and age, uh, more so than any day and age, are willing to at least open the lines of communication to free will in order to present the challenge of how do we measure it. And yeah, and I, I think they've finally gotten to this sort of tertiary uh, level of science where they're starting to take on questions that haven't been traditionally answered by science. Right, so, right. Like, we got physics pretty well nailed down. I mean, there's a lot to learn, but we we know enough to do a lot. Same with biology, same with, you know, chemistry. Right. Now we can free up some of our scientific thinking to, from the basics and the foundations and the elementary to the more complex and the more, um, you know, traditionally answered sort of through word of mouth and by populations instead of actually looking at the evidence and seeing what is it that that we're dealing with. Right. To, to be honest, I think that they're trying to do that so that they can just get rid of free will altogether and just classify it the way it actually is instead of this sort of catch-all phrase. The, which, which, which could be the motive, <clears throat> but at the same time, I think that there is some type of... Uh, well, it's, that's what science does. It tries to prove things wrong. It, it completely does. And, it, and itself. That, yeah, and I think that it's just, you know... At the same time, the science understands as well that there are free will thing. It, unfortunately, it's it's shown signs that it's it's flawed by being a broad stroke because of the event. So there's just I think it's there's an extremist side to it, and there's also like all right, let me let me present this question. Sure, this is what I'm trying to work through. Sure, sure. It, is it if the idea is that one side is not 100%, then I guess the idea is I'm trying to work through is which side would I personally lean towards when it comes to having more than 50% on this side invested in whether or not it's free will or determinant. Well, and, and like I said, I, I don't think it's either or. Um, I think I think what you're wrestling with is, is it's, it's a good place to, to focus for a minute because it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's either or. No, um, no. Like what side would you invest more on than the other? So it's it's not going to be a 50-50. So which side has a larger percent than the other? Considering that we don't we don't need we don't even know the event. So if you're coming if you're Yeah, coming yeah. to the uh well, I think the the idea the idea of free will is poorly defined. So most of my understanding and the time that I spend is on determinism because there the, Actually studying free will isn't something you can do. It's, it's just a phrase that people use or it's a word that people use to, it's a placeholder 
that they use to describe something we don't understand yet. So we don't know why people do the things they do exactly. We know that, for instance, like I use psychopaths just because it sort of elaborates on this a lot, but we know that psychopaths have a brain that works differently than our brain, and for some reason they aren't able to empathize or be compassionate, and they actually enjoy when other people are in pain. This is in direct contrast to the vast majority of people that do not like it when other people are in pain, especially when it's uh, their own uh, because of something they're doing. So this idea, like the idea of free will is just a, a word we use to describe something we don't understand. So if you wanted to like go on one side or the other, I feel like you start on the deterministic side and then you try to build up to free will because we can demonstrate beyond a reasonable doubt determinism. Like I said, it's a, it's a framework for thinking. It's not a philosophy. Whereas free will is a little bit more philosophical. So, uh, like, how would you demonstrate free will? That would be a good question. Right, right. So, with that being said, though, man, um, I think I have a gauge as far as what I'd rate myself. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'd go, uh, I feel comfortable with being 80% determinist, 20% <laughs> free will. Mm-hmm. I'm not... How would you rate yours? I don't know that I understand the grammar of that. Like, I don't know that I understand how that would work. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're uh, committing to one side or the other. Well, I'm definitely committed to determinism, right? Because it's demonstrable. But are you willing to call yourself 100% a determinist? Uh, yes, but we still have to account for morality. Do you know what I mean? I think you're. Uh, Determinism doesn't really tell us that much about morality. The only thing it tells us about morality is that maybe we shouldn't be as mean to people that we put in prison as we are. Like There might be a case that we shouldn't necessarily make their lives a living hell. Because they may not be the re- they may not be the sole reason why they did what they did. Why do you think prison is a living hell? Well, I'm saying in the cases where it is a living hell. I mean, I suspect that prison is not enjoyable. That's why everybody wants to get out. But um, there are pieces when it comes to the research of prison uh, that that's not the case. Sure, I, I'm sure there are examples where where there's actually a lot of them when it comes to the commodity of and not having the influence of uh, freedom of choice when it comes to using drugs. Sure. There are there are actually a lot of people that prison as it. <clears throat> I'm not arguing that prison doesn't have benefits. I'm just saying well, I mean, no, maxim I'm saying maximizing prison's benefits. Say the things though, I'm just I'm just pointing out. When you say the things where it's like prison is hell. Uh, well for some people it is. I'm just trying to frame it as far as like get perspective as where is this place and what's the environment that you're talking about because that's not Actually, you know, when you, when you say prison is hell, that's not... Okay, well, let me let me rephrase then. It's, let, it's you live. That's okay, point, point taken, point taken. Right. Let me rephrase, because you're right. That's that's too broad, or that's too a feat. Um, the, we should, it, what it, what it does, what it can lead to is the idea that we should make the lives of everybody, including the psychopaths and the sociopaths and the people that we've incarcerated, as, as good as it can be, as good as is possible. Okay. And still maintain the separation, right? So we want to separate those people from society, but in doing so, we should make their lives as, as, as full of joy as is possible or as, as, as useful as possible or as beneficial to them as possible. What? What? I'm just trying to follow, yeah. Yeah, no, that if, if you take a determinist perspective, 
it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to blame and punish as much. You're already punishing somebody by getting them out of society and putting them into an institution. That should seems to me to be sort of the limit. There's no reason to torture somebody unnecessarily or make their lives unnecessarily uncomfortable. Can I get we can I get we, the, we still need our separation from them. Can I get the event of the I mean which because I'm, I'm thinking of different scenarios, and I just, I just want to, who, who's the person that's going to prison that you're talking about? I'm not talking about a specific person. I'm, I'm just no, talking no, generally. No, the characteristics. Like, what did the person do? Like, what's the crime? A murderer or a rapist. Murderer or rapist. Okay. So the murderer or rapist is, okay. So we use those two examples, and let's go from there. Okay. Uh, the You're saying that the punishment of the idea of punishing them mm-hmm. they might wait let's just let's just say they weren't of sound in mind when they committed the crime what's the point of punishing them that that right i said unnecessarily but yes what's the point of unnecessarily punishing them yes okay and what's what's the what's the unnecessary punishment examples like what are they going through that's unnecessary well, the, I would start from the other side. I would just say the minimum necessity is that they're not allowed to interact in our society. So we have to institutionalize them. So that would be necessary punishment. Okay. So that's that's necessary punishment. We have to yeah. put it somewhere. Okay. And then any any other restriction of freedom that Okay. That doesn't interfere with somebody else's freedom. So, for instance, like we would, we would still have them live by the same laws as we do. Like you still can't murder people, right? Like there would be those, those basic rules just like we all live by. But any other restriction other than that would be unnecessary or potentially unnecessary. Okay. So they're, they're removed from society. Yeah. And then what's, what else is, once they're removed from society, what, what are the things that are unnecessary within the prison system that you're looking at that seem excessive? Um, well, like solitary confinement maybe would be an example, or the size of their cells, or their access to the outdoors. All right. Well, that was painful. Uh, it's a little bit like herding cats sometimes when you try to have these discussions with people. It starts off pretty straightforward as far as understanding the difference between determinism and sort of a libertarian idea of free will. And I thought I made it clear that I'm trying to, you know, navigate these waters and draw some conclusions from the two different sides, that there's some compatibilists uh, ideas and that I'd like to wrestle with those. Um, and and right away, uh, my guest and co-host, the Minnesota Misanthrope, just really misses the point. Now, you know, I, people are probably going to listen to these podcasts and say, hey, you're being kind of hard on Minnesota. You know, he's, uh, he's a good guy and he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. But we have a completely different uh, understanding of the world. And I think the first episode of this season demonstrates that. Um, and then this episode really drives it home. So in my quest for a place to have have fertile and fruitful discussion, I have yet to find a home here on the podcast. And at this point in the season, season one, I'm definitely wanting more and more to have those conversations, to have fruitful conversations. 
So in the example of, you know, determinism versus free will, I'm looking for somebody who can and wants to really dive into the topic with an understanding of exactly what determinism is and what it what it isn't. And then also, where do we start with free will and what are its limitations? Now, what I've decided to do since I haven't really gotten very far, even since 2017 with that endeavor of finding people that want to have these conversations on the podcast. And then not only that, having successful conversations. I think one of the things you'll find in this show is that it is a series of attempts at these types of conversations. And uh, while we often get somewhere, uh, it's, it's often in spite of my position, which to me is very bizarre. And that confuses me. Um, I think Minnesota uh, sort of demonstrates that not only is he not really getting what I'm trying to say with his sort of bizarre reference to Star Wars and then also getting confused with what determinism means when he was talking about the homosexual behavior and saying we would determine from that person's behavior that they're gay. Uh, that's not what determinism does. That's a different That's a different use of the word determine. <laughs> determinism is just a philosophy and an understanding of the world that causes lead to effects. And when we're talking about morality, we're talking about accountability of somebody. So is a murder accountable for their actions, their murder that they committed, if we recognize that their brain was a determined factor that they didn't have control over. It was determined by the parents that they had, the upbringing that they had, the uh, DNA in their in their bodies as they were being developed in the womb or as, the, as they were developing in the womb, um, and the mistakes that those, DNA, that those DNA made during that process, um, the inherited traits that they got from both their mother and their father... And then how they were raised, right? We know that people that have psychopathic tendencies can often be productive people in society as long as they're not, you know, abused, for instance, as children. You know, they turn into fearless folks like firefighters and, and skydivers and thrill seekers, but they're, but they were, they were nurtured in a loving way as children. And that's why they have a, a high tolerance for fear, but none of the sadistic qualities. Um, hopefully I'm not getting too off topic right now, but. Minnesota shows that he doesn't really understand that. And then at the end, when I start talking about the implications of, okay, so let's say determinism is a fact and you didn't get to choose your brain. You didn't get to choose who you became as a person, right? Should we be punishing you? Should we hold it against you that you're a murderer? Certainly the family members of the person you murdered would be hateful towards you, certainly. But should society treat you as somebody to be hated and loathed or or should society clearly, you know, quarantine you away from society, you still need to be institutionalized, but shouldn't that institution be as useful to you as possible so that you can, as much as is possible, have a normal life? In other words, what's the what's the point in torturing people unnecessarily or punishing them unnecessarily, taking away any more rights than we absolutely have to? And Minnesota doesn't get this at all. And if you listen to the first podcast, you probably understand why. Uh, I don't want it to speculate, but he clearly is not sold on this idea that that jail is 
as any kind of torture. And he sort of prods into that a little bit and tries to drive it out of me when we get interrupted by a friend of mine. And that's why the podcast is cut short. A friend of mine shows up at my house completely unannounced. And all of a sudden, now I've got a person banging on my door. And this was when I was doing my podcast in my living room um, with terrible equipment, as you can probably hear. And so I had to end the show. Now, not to fret, we get into a part two of Free Will. I don't remember how it went, if it went any better or, or if it actually got worse. But as a podcaster now, I started to learn that these discussions that I'm trying to have with people really need to be undertaken with a specific person or specific type of person. Like, for instance, I can't just bring these types of conversations to Minnesota because he isn't necessarily equipped to deal with them in a way that's going to be productive enough to have a show about. Now, I drag us through the con- the content and the material, but all the conclusions are come to by me. There's no there's no recognition of my point by him and no push for further development or understanding. There's just a misunderstanding and a lack of understanding. I could see how this might be useful to some folks who maybe this is the first time or maybe they have a similar position to Minnesota. Maybe. I don't know. But it doesn't seem to me to really ferret out the particulars of the conversation. What it ends up doing is creating a more... It just creates more smoke where it's difficult to determine what, what we are talking about, what the conclusions ought to be. By making things so particular, he, he doesn't really assist in this, this, uh, this experiment this mind experiment. And he says as much in the show. If you listen to this episode, he he says as much. At about minute 38, he starts to go, you know, this isn't really my thing. You know, he he doesn't say it in so many words, but that's kind of where he gets, that's kind of where he starts to identify his limitations as a co-host in this, in this realm, in this, for this type of podcast. Now, again, I'm not judging him. I'm just saying, if I'm going to be a person that's going to produce a beneficial and educational podcast, I'm going to need to reach out to very specific groups of people if I want the show to be productive. And so that's what I learned. Here I am trying to generate and and produce a a fantastic podcast that leads people through the the weeds of free will versus determinism and how we can navigate those waters and then come out on the other side with a better understanding. So clearly I need to expand the pool of people that I'm talking to. Now this led me to consider a series that I'm going to tried to produce in season three called Casting a Wider Net. I'm going to be producing a series of podcasts under the series name Casting a Wider Net with that very thing in mind, with trying to reach folks that want to have these conversations and have something really useful to contribute and further expanding my social network with the specific hope that I have interactions with those people, not just on Twitter, but that they come onto the show per- perhaps or that they that they produce a show in response to my show and then I re- produce another show in response to that and so on and we have a back and forth that there's a conversation to be had that leads to a productive outcome now that being said I do want to touch very very sh- briefly on a couple of things that I've identified as causing stress and frustration when I'm having these types of conversations and one of the things and one of the things I want my listeners you guys to understand is if you find yourself having to fill in the blanks 
for somebody. If you're leaning too much on your own empathy, trying to make what they're saying fit, trying to make it make sense, that is part, that is an exercise that often leads to frustration because they're being unclear or they're just, they just don't know what they're saying. Or I mean, they don't know that what they're saying isn't, doesn't pertain to the topic. For instance, when Minnesota said, you know, uh, if you do things, if you commit homosexual acts, we can determine that you're a homosexual. And he was saying that's an example of determinism. And that is not an example of determinism. Me trying to make it fit, being like, I think I get what you're going for, but... And then re reestablishing what determinism actually is, that was actually one of the things that led us off into the weeds that then caused all kinds of frustration. Now, I, I it's not like I was going to yell at Minnesota for this or whatever. I wanted to have this conversation because I wanted to ferret out these ideas. And he was my only resource. Hence, casting a wider net. I need more resources. So, as a podcaster, as somebody trying to create a show that benefits the world, that benefits you, I recognized after this episode, and uh, b before I had it in my head too, but this really solidified it in my head, I need more people. I need to reach out and branch out. And I need to get outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I know that was a long-winded uh, retrospective on that little on that clip. Uh, I'm, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that my explanation of free will and determinism and my wrestling with it gave you places, things to think about, a place to start in this conversation. Hopefully, you reach out and ask your questions or throw back at me something that I might have missed or an aspect of this that I wasn't taking into account. Thank you so much for listening to Ear Seduction. 